The Penguins are back in action tonight against the Detroit Red Wings for their third preseason game. Coming up to start today's episode, Pat and I are going to preview that game, plus take a look at which players to watch for in the game. Your Locked On Penguins, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am one of your hosts, Hunter Hodes, and joining me as always is my co-host, Patrick Damp. You can follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. You can follow Pat on Twitter at Synonym for Wet, and you can follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. Of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen slash watch of the day. And today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of Locked On. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get $200 back in bonus bets guaranteed. All you got to do for that is, is visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. So, Pat, it's another game night for the Penguins. They have their third preseason game of the year flying to Detroit to take on the Red Wings. If you want to watch the game, you can go on the Penguins website. And if you want to listen to it, you can just tune your radio or whatever to 105.9 The X, and they'll be calling it there as well. For this one, the Penguins will not be playing any of their big guns. It's kind of similar to what we saw on Sunday in the two games against the Blue Jackets, where you have some of the regular guys, some of the lesser-known regular guys, I should say, and then you have some of these other AHL guys and other players fighting for spots. Not really too surprised that the Penguins are not playing their big guns. I think they're saving them for their final couple of preseason games. They're a bit older now. They don't need to play every single preseason game here, people. That's just not realistic. But when it comes to this one, what are you looking forward to for this? Yeah, like like you said, it's very similar to the split squad games. It's another opportunity for some of the guys on the bubble of the roster, some of the younger guys, to continue to make an impression and show Maybe they belong in the NHL this season or in the next couple. A lot of the same names that we've talked about on this show, Vinny Hinestroza, Rem Pitlick, Sam Poulan, Valerie Pustinen, Braden Yeager, P.O. Joseph. But the guy that I'm going to have my eye on tonight more than any is going to be Joel Blumquist. I want to see how long he plays in net tonight and what he does when he's in the net because by all accounts, he is probably the Penguins' best goaltending prospect at this moment, and he had a solid prospects challenge. He didn't look too bad in the split squad games, and I think Alex Nedeljkovic has pretty much wrapped up, all things considered, the backup job. It kind of feels like that's why he was brought in. So now I think it's incumbent on Blumquist to go out and make an impression and show that this might be a guy who can come up and back up Jari in a year or two. I'll be curious to see if Blumquist starts the game tonight and then Nedeljkovic finishes it. That's what I'm going to be curious about. Or if they go Nedeljkovic first and then Blumquist second, I would actually do the first one and start Blumquist. Just throw him out there, see what he can do. And then, you know, if he struggles a little bit, you can just put Nedeljkovic in, but I don't expect him to struggle based on what he did in one of the games on Sunday. Then of course, during the prospects challenge for me though, the player I have my eye on tonight is Andreas Janssen. Haven't really seen too much of him during the preseason yet, but this is a player who has been a 20-goal scorer at the NHL before. He has also scored 13 goals during another season. This is a player who can provide some offense 
if he makes the opening night roster. And I'm excited to see what he does with this opportunity. If he does make the team, I could see him being one of the players in the bottom six who can, again, actually provide more offense compared to some of the other players in the bottom six this year. I'm going to have my eye on him to see how he forechecks, if he gets some chances, what he does with them, all that good stuff. I'm, I'm excited to you know really get my first look at Janssen in a Penguins uniform. Right. I agree with that too. I also think it's kind of been it's kind of been bad for us to not mention him as much uh, in the lead up to camp so far, because I know everybody likes to make the jokes about, Oh, Kyle Dubas is just bringing in his buddies that he liked in Toronto. But Andreas Janssen was one of those. And he was a solid contributor on some good Maple Leafs teams. I know, I know they're cursed. They can't get out of the first round. All all the jokes about Toronto Maple Leafs you can make, but for a, a team that, has consistently had really good rosters over the past five or so years. Andreas Janssen was a contributor on those, and he wasn't just a passive guy. He wasn't just somebody that was a warm body. They threw a blue uniform on and said, give give Austin Matthews and the boys a rest. He was a guy who made an impact, and he can be a good depth forward in that role should he make an impression tonight and throughout the rest of camp. I absolutely agree. And another one I have my eye on as well. I want to see more of Ren Pitlick. I liked what I saw in that second game, the way he was able to come into the offensive zone on a one-on-two, deliver that beautiful cross-ice pass to set up Sam Poulin's goal. I want to see more from him just because I think a lot of people are overlooking him during camp and the preseason. I want to see more of Colin White. Can he provide some more offense than maybe I or you, you know, thought he would when he was signed to a PTO. Curious about him. Obviously for the defensive competition with Mark Pissick's injury, we're going to discuss that a little later on in the show. Who is going to seize the moment tonight to play with P.O. Joseph? Is it going to be someone like Ty Smith, who is going to be in the lineup, I think? Is it going to be Mark Freeman, who it looks like is healthy enough to play after going through hell and back during the first game on Sunday? Curious to see how he looks as well. There's a lot of players that, I mean, I'm just fired up to watch some of these players who they may not be top six names or household names, whatever you want to call it, but they are still players who can make an impact on this team and can potentially really help this season. Agreed. Uh, I think this is another big game for P.O. Joseph. I don't think there's any world where his spot is in danger. He's going to be on the opening night roster. Don't worry about that. But Sullivan talked about him this morning and said he's looked a lot better than he has in years past, says he looks a step faster, says he's playing a little bit more confident. And that's what he needs to do. That's where he needs to be in his development. He needs to be a more definitive, a more assertive defenseman on the blue line. Because here's the thing. We've talked all offseason about uh, you got this top four defense, these top four defensemen who – Oh, that's going to be a matchup nightmare for anybody that goes up against it. And that remains true. But if your fifth def- or uh, your fifth defenseman is P.O. Joseph and he's effective and he can give you some offense and he can be a very good fifth defenseman, that's a great spot to be in. And it's only going to help him in the long term. So tonight's a game where, kind of like I was saying, excuse me, with the split squad game where some of these younger guys, some of these higher draft picks should be the most dominant players on the ice. 
you look at the, the defensemen they're dressing tonight, this is a night where P.O. Joseph has to go out and show that he is a number one defenseman on this version of the roster. So if he goes out and does that, it's only going to help his case, and it's only going to help this team in the long run. And going off that, you know, I, I said during the Monday episode that I want to see P.O. be a bit more active in the offensive zone. Maybe the Penguins do that to him for this game. Maybe they have the power play, that first unit, run through him and not Ty Smith. Because I understand Smith is very gifted with the puck on his stick. He was running the power play during that second game on Sunday. Thought he did a really good job. One of his plays that I really enjoyed was just a diving play at the center of the blue line where he kept the puck in and just kept everything going. I do want to see a little bit more of that, but for POJ being the number one defenseman on this version of the Penguins, give him those top power play minutes tonight. See what he can do when he's more active in the offensive zone, because I do still think there is more to his game there. Obviously, there's more to his game in the defensive zone, but I still think there's another level that he can reach in the offensive zone, and I'm going to have my eye on that tonight for sure. Right. All he has to do tonight is just, and this is going to sound like I'm putting a lot on his plate, but again, preseason is, this is not the roster that you're going to see in the regular season. You might see some more of these guys on the Detroit side than you will the Pittsburgh side in the regular season, but all he's got to do tonight is be the top defenseman. And that doesn't mean he has to go out and score three points and look like an offensive juggernaut or anything like that. He just has to go out there and show of the eight defensemen they have on the lineup tonight that he's the top guy. And you look at the guys they're they're dressing tonight. There's really nobody else that I'm looking at on this defensive core that is that guy. So it's a big night for him. He's going to make the team, but if he makes a big impression tonight, it's only going to help him individually and collectively because if he does well, coaching staff won't hesitate to put him out in high leverage situations come the regular season. Yeah, I mean, and even though the top two pairings are going to be out there for most of the game, you're right. Maybe Mike Sullivan will trust him enough to put him out there to say, hey, defend this lead with a minute to go at times, something like that. So we don't have to rely on the Chris Letang pairing or the Eric Carlson pairing to do that every single night. So I agree with your point there. That'll wrap up this first segment. Coming up in the second segment, Pat and I are going to continue this discussion and get into a couple other players who we do have our eye on for tonight. But before we get to that. We got to discuss FanDuel. Right now, new customers can get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet on the FanDuel app, which is America's number one sportsbook. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action than right now. The app is very easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and so much more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season. That's FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL and LockedOn. All right, we're back here on this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am Hunter Hodes, joined as always by my co-host Patrick Dam. Of course, also thank you so much for making this your first listen slash watch of the day. Continuing, continuing, I should say, with this preview for the game against the Red Wings. And yes, I understand the game is in a few hours, which is why you all need to listen or watch this ASAP. But we'll also recap the game for you all on Wednesday. Another player who I have my eye on, Pat, Vinny Hinnestrosa. Another player who Kyle Dubas signed after the initial flurry on July 1. Someone who has played on the top line in training camp 
with Sidney Crosby and Brian Rust, well, at least in group one of training camp because Rust and Crosby were together. Someone who could play top six minutes if he makes the team for as long as Jake Gensel's out, whether that's one game, three games, or five to six, something like that. I want to see what he can do because, I mean, this is a player, he can play. I mean, he's shown that at the NHL level, numerous seasons of 10-plus goals. He's never really been a player that's been down in the AHL during his career. He's not just coming here to say, oh, yeah, just coming for the vibes and all that. No, he is coming to win a job, and he's expected, it looks like, to play in the top six tonight if you look at some of the lines. And I'm excited to see what he can do, even though this isn't, maybe the quote-unquote best lineup for him just because a lot of the big guns aren't playing. Still, show me what you got. Yeah, similar thing as I was saying about POJ. He doesn't have to light the world on fire. He doesn't have to have a transcendent performance tonight, but he does have to show that he has the ability to play in the top six, especially even though he's skating and looks ahead of schedule. You're still going to be without Jay Gensel for a few, at least a few games. So if you're Vinny Hinnestrosa, seize this moment. Go out there, make an impact, be good in the offensive zone, be accountable in the defensive zone. And because it's still Mike Sullivan behind the bench, play with some speed. Show this guy that you are one of the faster players on the ice and that when the big guns eventually do come around, you're going to be able to keep up with them. The numbers are there for this guy in his, in his career so far. Is he a top six guy? No, he's not. He is not a long-term top six option. But if you can have a depth guy pop in eight, nine, ten, maybe a couple more goals, guy who can do that in the bottom six last year puts this team in the playoffs. Right. And he'll definitely have, I think, a decent opportunity tonight considering that he'll be playing top line left wing with Valtteri Pustin and Redeem Zorna, two other players who I also have my eye on too. Zorna trying to make this team, he's – Kind of a tweener at this point, but I have liked what I've seen from him at the NHL level. His actually his five on five underlying numbers are really good at the NHL level. Very small sample size, let's be real here, but they're pretty decent. And then Pustin, we discussed it on Monday, Pat. It's time to see what what they have in him for at least the preseason. He, I believe it was Taylor Haas of DK Pittsburgh Sports who had a really good story on him about a day or two ago. Just him discussing, hey, I'm, I'm here to win a job, and you want to do that. Go out tonight and prove it because the time is now if you want to win a job with all of these players competing with you. Agreed. The We need to get for this show, like we need to get a soundboard, kind of like how uh, LA Knight used to have the dummy button when he was in Impact Wrestling, but it needs to be just me saying Braden Yeager because guess what, folks? I'm talking about Braden Yeager again, but he's just one of a couple, so – I look at him, I look at Sam Poulan, I look at Redim Zahorna, and I say, okay, you guys did really well in the first game in the split squad games. Don't mean this in a negative way, but we've seen it as hockey fans forever. You can have one great game. There's games where you look at somebody, oh my God, where did that come from? Now their challenge is to follow it up with another solid game. Again, like I've been saying all podcasts, doesn't have to be transcendent, doesn't have to be above and beyond, light the world on fire. But if these guys go out and have another very solid game, contribute offensively, do well on the forecheck, get offensive chances, it's another opportunity for Sam Poulin to show that maybe he's ready to take the next step. Maybe maybe Big Z can actually make the roster out of camp. As for Braden Yeager, we talked about it yesterday. 
continue to make management's decisions difficult. Because I'm sure as soon as they drafted him and saw him in the prospect tournament, they were like, all right, we'll have him for a week or two in training camp, and then it's back to the back to juniors, kid. Right now, if he keeps playing the way he's playing, that you know that Mike Sullivan's sitting down with Kyle Dubas and saying, you can't send this kid back yet. He's doing too well. And if he shows, if he has another solid showing tonight, maybe keep him around for a few more days or maybe another week or two. I'm all for the Braden Yeager content. Just keep <laughs> playing him until you can't anymore. That That's my thing. Heck, you want to play him tonight? Pat, go play him on Thursday as well. I don't know if he'll be gassed by then. Just give him all the reps you can at this point. And I would love to see him score well, again. In this I'll, I'll say that too about you saying give him the more give him more reps. That's actually a good thing to do developmentally because this isn't the the CHL. This isn't juniors. There's not going to be big breaks between games when you get to the National Hockey Hockey League level or even the AHL level. So you kind of want to put the saddle on him and say, okay. How can you handle the workload of a professional hockey player? Are you? I don't expect him to be in NHL shape because he's still an 18-year-old kid. But if he can show you, hey, I can play two games in three nights and still look good, maybe this kid's a little bit further along in his development than once thought. If he starts to look a little gassed, starts making mistakes, starts making some of those uh, issues, some of those issues start coming up that young players have, then you can go, okay, listen, we got something here with this kid. It's found money. We don't need him here right now, but we know that if he keeps working out, if he keeps getting in better shape and, and keeps his eyes on the National Hockey League, we got something here. And then on the other end, if he shows he can do it, keep him around. Why not? Right. And I think they will have to watch his minutes just for this one, considering what you just said. You know, if he starts making those mistakes – cut back on the minutes and it's like, okay, maybe we can send you down a little earlier than maybe they wanted to. But then if, if you keep, what's the word I want to say here? If he keeps crushing his minutes, you can give a little more, see how he handles that. And it's like, okay, at that point, keep him around a little longer, see what he can do maybe with some of the bigger guns in a game or something like that. And then at the end, you can be like, okay, we know you're probably not ready just yet. We're going to send you down to your junior team, but we saw the skill that you displayed during the camp and the preseason. I, I I can't wait to watch him. I'm super excited about another player just to end this. Avery Hayes, curious to see what he can do as one of the other younger players. He's not really pushing for a spot for the Penguins right now, but he is also someone that could you know push for something in a couple of years or something like that. But that's just to really end it. If you have anything else you want to add. I was going to say, if there's one thing schematically or strategically that I think the coaching staff needs to tell this team tonight is looking at Detroit's lineup. They're dressing three goalies. They're dressing Reimer, Bednar, and Hutchison. And you don't dress three goalies in the preseason if you don't have every intention of playing them each period. So if I'm the coaching staff, I'm telling them, all right, guys, this is something we, we want to see at the NHL level, say when a goalie gets pulled and another guy comes in. You're going to have a cold goalie in the second and third period. So go out and get after it. Put them under duress early because that's something that you'll get at the NHL level on any level of hockey really is when a goalie gets chased and the backup comes in, he comes in cold. Right. So the second and third periods tonight, it looks like unless this is just the Detroit Red Wings putting out a lineup to put out a lineup, a different goalie is going to play each period. So Early in the early in the in the periods, 
get the puck in the offensive zone and put shots on net from everywhere because that's a situational teaching moment of when you get to this level, cold goalie comes in, you have to attack early. Agreed. And last thing I'll say is I just want to see that same fight that I saw from the Penguins in the second game against the Blue Jackets tonight because you look at this Red Wings lineup. This is probably their B-plus to A-minus lineup. They have Andrew Kopp playing, Lucas Raymond, David Perron, Dylan Larkin. They got Alex DeBrincat, Shane Gossespierre, Jeff Petrie, Mo Sider. Wallman's in there. Those are a good chunk of their top players. They have some other AHL players sprinkled in there, but a lot of those quote-unquote A guys are playing. And the Penguins really don't have many of those in this lineup. And if I can see some fight from them and if they can – you know, keep this game close. And just like they did against the Blue Jackets where a lot of their starters played, I'll be pretty happy with that to say the least. Yeah. I want to see how some of these guys go up against some of the better players in the league. Yep. Those are guys who are going to see NHL action all season long. Yes. And with a roster of mostly guys who won't, this is, this is a gut check moment in training camp where you say, listen, you're not playing their training camp roster. Right. You're playing a lot of their opening night roster. And these are guys who have in, for the most part, been in the NHL for a while. They know what they're doing. So let's see how you stack up. Even if it is Detroit. And I know I know that's kind of a joke, but like the NHL is still 1% of the 1%. So good luck. <laughs> hey, the Red Wings are trying to make the playoffs this year. A lot of these players, they haven't really sniffed the playoffs basically ever. I mean, in their career, you go down the list here again. I mean, Perron, you know, he's obviously been in the playoffs a bunch, but you know, Don Larkin hasn't been in there that much. Debrinket, you know, Gosses Bear has, Petrie has, but some of these players, they haven't really gotten to the playoffs that often, but they're gunning for it this year. This is a Steve Eiserman team that needs to take a big step this year, or else I think serious questions might be asked in Detroit at some point. But yes, that would do it for this second segment. Coming up to end the show, got some bad news on Mark Pissick on Tuesday, but could he still make the team out of camp in the preseason? Pat and I are going to discuss that right after this. All right, we're back here on this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am one of your hosts, Hunter Hodes, joined by always Patrick Damp. So today, Mike Sullivan announced that Pissick is dealing with a lower body injury in typical Mike Sullivan fashion, and he will be out longer term. Well, training camp ends in basically two weeks. The regular season opener is two weeks from today. Logic would have it that He's not going to make the team just because this is a longer-term injury. But, Pat, could he still have a chance to make it? Because if he was not going to make it, wouldn't they just release him from his PTO? Yeah, you kind of took the take away from me. Sorry. But, no, 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 that's fine because I think we both agree on this. I, I While I do know that the, the Penguins organization is similar to the Steelers organization in that they take care of people, regardless of how close or how long they've been there. They're very good at doing business in that way. So they weren't going to just, you know, look at this guy and go, Hey, you got a lower body injury or hurt. There's the door. Don't come back. So it could just be that, that they're doing right by a guy they brought into training camp. He gets hurt at their training camp. So they're going to take care of him. But the way in which that Mike Sullivan talked about him, this doesn't sound like a guy that, they're getting ready to drop. This sounds like a guy they had plans to put on the roster. So maybe he is on the team and it's just a formality of 
getting the cap worked out and finding out what number works for him. And they bring him in as the sixth defenseman. But again, like the way they talked about him today, it just doesn't sound like a guy that they're ready to cut. Right. And I think they've liked his play enough in camp during the preseason a bit where they're hoping that he can come back at some point, I mean, hopefully before the regular season starts, but I think that's unlikely because usually when Mike Sullivan says longer term, that's a few weeks at the least, maybe a month, something like that. But I think they've maybe seen enough from him where they're like, okay, we want this guy on the team after camp in the preseason. Now he may not be playing right away just because he's out longer term, but they still may want to give him a shot during the regular season on a contract where he's getting league minimum, what, 800K, 850K, where it's like, okay, we'll play you in a few games. Let's see what you have. And if it doesn't work at that point, it's really not that big of a deal because he's not making that much money. So he may not start the regular season you know, just playing just because he'll be hurt. And he may not, even when he comes back, he may not be that number six guy, but at some point they would have to give him some reps just to be like, okay, what does he look like when healthy? What does he look like going up against NHL players every night? We got to see what we have here, or we're just going to have to wave him or something like that. Yeah, and PTOs, like we talked about, rarely turn into a big deal. It's it's usually one year for a million or less, Yeah, and it's a variable deal. There's no way that he, he, well, he will be, he will be eligible for waivers because of his age. But I mean, you sold me on this guy <laughs> over the past few weeks. I originally wasn't feeling that PTO offer to him because he's a little bit older. He's not a very productive defenseman, at least not in the top line numbers, but seeing everything he's been able to do in his career, he is by all accounts seemed to do very well before he got hurt both in practices, scrimmages, and in the one preseason game. So, I mean, I think at this point, it all signs do seem to point towards him winning that sixth defenseman or maybe even seventh defenseman job where him and Chad Ruedel kind of flip-flop every couple of games where, you know, Pissick plays three, four games, then Ruedel slots in for three, four games, and they just kind of split duties as the seventh defenseman with – are the sixth defenseman as P.O. Joe with P.O. Joseph. So I, I think this guy's on the team. I think now it's just a matter of what's the contract number and how do they get under the salary cap before game one? Right. Well, my uh, dog must have heard what you said because Teddy, my German Shepherd's going crazy downstairs. But no, I definitely agree with that. I think, again, if they did not really think that much of them, they would have just released them yesterday when they yeah. nuts. But they obviously do see something there. And with that injury, we discussed it a little bit earlier. You can just end the show with this. This this is an opportunity. Mark Friedman, Ty Smith, Chad Weedle, show us what you have for that number six spot with Pissick out. Yeah, and I mean, this is obviously just my opinion and my speculation here, but it this also kind of maybe tells me that they might be falling out of favor a little bit with Chad Ruedel. Uh, I don't think they should be. I think he's a very valuable asset because few guys, and this sounds silly to say, few guys can sit out of the lineup for weeks at a time, come back, and still be serviceable. You sit a guy out of the lineup for an extended period of time, and there's always rust to knock off because it's a cliche in sports, but it's true. Nothing 
you can do in practice can simulate the speed of an actual game. So the fact that Chad Ruedel can do that is a skill within and of itself. But between giving Mark Friedman a ton of reps and bringing him back, and now all this with Pissick, I it does kind of feel like Ruedel might be the odd man out. And that's interesting because my own speculation is that they don't trust him for a full 82-game season, which is kind of a little funny just because a couple years ago, he seemed to fare just fine during a full 82-game season. And then, of course, they go out and sign Jan Ruda, who replaces him, and then Ruedel has to play it still quite a bit last year, but not as much as he did the year before. I think the Penguins just see him as a capable number seven, a guy who can come in, play 30 to 35 games for you a year. You don't have to rely on him every night because I think the Penguins, and this is just my speculation, I think that a full 82-game season wears him down and that he's just not ready for it at this point. He may never be ready for it during his career. That's just my take on it, at least, which is why I think you're seeing quite a big competition here and why they may want to keep Pissick on this roster well past the end of training camp in the preseason. But I think that will do it, though, for this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. Thank you all so much for listening to slash watching this one. Pat and I will be back with another episode for you all on Wednesday, especially if Teddy keeps barking downstairs because I don't know what. <laughs> you probably see a squirrel or a deer outside. We've been having a bunch of deer come in our backyard for some reason. But, again. Like, I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't wait. You're going to recap the game. I can't wait. Yeah, literally. She, she gets so excited when we she knows we're going to recap games. That's maybe why she's barking downstairs. But – We're going to recap that game on Wednesday, go into what we liked, what we didn't like, and then we'll also probably preview the next game on Thursday and recap that later this week and so on and so forth. But again, thank you all so much for tuning in. We'll be back on Wednesday.